The following is an excerpt from the novel, Wounded Little Gods. Spirits used to roam the town of Heridos. And then suddenly, they didn't. What kind of spirits used to live in this town? Well, imaginary talk show host, these were the spirits of Palay, of Alimoom, of sun, silence, and rain, of clouds and lingering dreams, of the turning earth, of the artisanal soda, of the matte lipstick, of the hipster meme, of, well, Regina, you are losing the plot. Now you are just being condescending. Are they gods? Regina once asked her grandmother months before she died of old age. Her grandmother said they were nature personified, entities we could commune with and understand until we were worthy enough or strong enough to grasp the complexity and magnitude of Bathala. So, little Regina said, you're like secretaries? Hello everyone, welcome to Banana Q Podcast. Today I'm excited to be interviewing someone who was able to fulfill my childhood dream to become a writer. <laughs> Today's guest is Eliza Victoria, the author of several books, including the Philippine National Book Award-winning Dwellers, the novel Wounded Little Gods, the graphic novel After Lambana, and the science fiction novel in stories Nightfall. She has won prizes in the Philippines' top literary awards, including the Carlos Palanca Memorial Awards for Literature. Eliza, hi, welcome to the show. Hello. Great to be here. <laughs> Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Thank you for having me. So why don't we start with you giving us a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was born and raised in Bulacan in the Philippines, and like a lot of young men and women living in the province. After high school, I moved to the city to go to university and study. And then I finished a bachelor's in journalism. After mm. that, I went straight to work. <laughs> and on the side, while working, I would uh, work on my own creative projects. Oh. So I, I held a day job and then wrote on the side. And then... I see. Okay, nice, nice. Yeah, then around 2018, I decided to look into studying more. <laughs> then I got a, a scholarship offer from a university in Sydney, and that's why I'm here right now. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, so you're studying, again, a different course this time? or Yeah, so I took a master's in creative writing. So more writing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So can you share the story of your journey to becoming an author? Like you mentioned, obviously, mm -hmm. about your career and Writing, but did you always want to be a writer? Like, when did you start writing, actually? Yeah, so I, I feel like I've always wanted to be a writer. Before having that dream, I've always been a reader, like a really avid reader. Like, I would read mm. anything. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. When I was uh, growing up, my parents bought, like, a complete set of encyclopedia, and I would read those. Wow, okay. 
<laughs> I just enjoyed reading. Um, it's funny because I remember when I, I first opened the volume, I didn't know how to read English yet. I was really young. Mm. And then when I started learning the language, it like opened up the world to me. Because suddenly I can mm. read all of the volumes of the encyclopedia. And then I started writing short stories and then started getting published in 2007. And then I think that mm. that just gave me the motivation to keep going. And then I was able to collect enough short stories to have a short story collection, which eventually got published in 2012. Wow, okay. So where did you publish your short stories? Was it in the newspaper or what? It's different things. Magazines like Philippines Graphic, Philippines Free Press. I've had a story also published in the Philippine Daily Inquirer, in the Sunday Inquirer mm. when they, um, I don't know if they still do that, like publish fiction. Oh. Yeah, and in anthologies like Philippine speculative fiction. So. Wow. <laughs> so you started very young, like in your teenage years or? Younger, I think, like grade school. Wow. Okay. So you really <laughs> wanted to be a writer yeah. from such a young age. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Your writings, were they always in the same genre about Philippine mythology or was there anything you were geared to? Yeah, I think so. Because I grew up in a household where I heard those stories growing up. Mm. Uh, stories about the Serena, Aswang, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> yes. And then, yeah, I would eventually just write them into my stories. Um, It's funny because now when it's being marketed, they call it speculative fiction or fantasy. But if you're Filipino... It's not really fantasy. Like, there's no divide between reality and what those stories are. Like, it's all real. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, got, I got I got Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a merging, right? Like, if, for example, if you fall sick and mm. people would say, oh, it's, it's maybe somebody did voodoo on you yeah, or whatever, right? Like it, or <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so could you tell us about your books then? Yeah, so I think I'll just, because there's a number of them now, I'll just focus on <laughs> yeah. on the two books that are coming out soon from Total Publishing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, After Lambana is a graphic novel. It's created in collaboration with an artist named Mervyn Malonzo, who's very talented. Um, You'll see it in the, in the graphic novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. <laughs> so um, it's a story of two young men whose names are Conrad and Ignacio. Conrad is sick, like there's something wrong with his heart, but his sickness is of a magical nature. But in the world of after Lambana, magic is prohibited. So in order to find a cure for his ailment, he has to reach out to Ignacio, who has black market connections. <laughs> yeah, so that's the story after Lambana. It happens in one night, but mm. in the course of that one night, Conrad finds out things about himself and Lambana and what happened. And then with Wounded Little Gods, it features a young woman named Regina who meets a strange co-worker who one day disappears and leaves behind a map of Regina's hometown. And on the map, there's like an X mark and it marks a place that doesn't exist. And that drives Regina home to find out what happened to her co-worker and what that map means. <laughs> Yes, I have actually read these two books, right? Because your publisher, <laughs> Total, sent me copies awesome. of both of them. And I, I'm glad that they did because I actually enjoyed reading them. And they were both easy reads, yes. which is a testament to your writing. Because <laughs> lately, I mean, I was a huge bookworm. Like, you're not as big as you, though. I never enjoyed <laughs> reading the encyclopedias, for one thing. Oh. But... <laughs> 
what I love to read as well. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, so lately I've had trouble finishing books though because my attention span has been stolen, which I think is common among people yeah. because of the social media age and whatnot. But I was able to finish both of them actually, in fact, quite easily. So yeah, people yeah. who are listening to this and running, oh, I don't think I will be able to finish it. You will. It's uh, They're both easy reads. You can finish them in one night even, right? So... What I liked about them is that they take our own Philippine mythology and weave it into the present. Yes. In one of our previous episodes, specifically episode 39, Who Were the Deities of Philippine Mythology? Mm. My co-host Ray and I talked about Philippine deities and noted that it really is a crime that their stories were so suppressed by the Spanish colonizers to the point that these were not even taught in our schools. Yes. So it pleased me to see that some of them were in your books. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like the Philippine version of the Percy Jackson series, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you're familiar with, right? Yeah. Which featured Greek mythology. So it was nice. It kind of felt like, you know, yes, Philippines represent. So <laughs> uh, I'm glad, it to, felt... yeah. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Because I always, um, and this is something that I've also spoken with friends, like an average Filipino would know more about Greek myths compared to our own pantheon but then mm. it's also not um yeah it is a crime because those stories have been lost and this is i mm. guess one way one small way of bringing them back to life <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah which is yeah. good because uh, you're right you are very right i was very familiar with greek mythology yes. because there were a lot of stories about them in modern literature yes, maybe yeah. not modern anymore because that was what 20 <laughs> years ago or something but anyway <laughs> But still, they, they, there was a lot, right? Like some kids like me growing up, you would be able to read about them even in, I think the time I first discovered them in Christopher Pike novels. Oh, yes. I'm yeah. sure some of our readers like, who is that? But he was popular <laughs> back in the day. And yes, maybe 10 years ago or so, the Percy Jackson series. Yes. But unfortunately, in the Philippines, yes, we didn't really have a lot of them. I mean, the ones that we did have are not really the gods, right? Like it's maybe the fairies, like, you know, okay, Fierico and yes. and all those, but the the drug the not drugs the gods specifically were never really mentioned so much except maybe Batala or, mm, or whatever. Yeah. But the yeah. big ones, <laughs> yeah, the big ones. So it was nice to be able to see them in your books. Yeah. yeah. So the, my qu- next question is, how did you find your inspiration for your stories? Yeah. So um, I think I've touched on this earlier. Mm-mm. I just grew up hearing the stories at home. As well, like, for example, the opening sequence of After Lambana is based on a story that my mother told me. Uh, my mother mm. is from the Cagayan Valley, uh, and they have a lot of stories there. And they, when they tell their stories, it's very matter of fact. Like, they would just say um, they have a neighbor who's a mangkukulam, for example, or <laughs> an uncle of mine was almost been drowned by a sirena, that sort of thing. Mm, okay. Yeah, I grew up listening to the stories and they've always been told in a way without the sheen of fantasy. Like, this thing's happened. This really happens. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I think <laughs> when I started writing my stories, that also translated to the tone of my writing. Mm, like, I just got it. tell them without, like, without drama. Mm. Yeah, like, it's very matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, 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 I yeah. get what you mean. It's like, it's fact. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I've actually never heard that about the sirena thing that was as you mentioned the the, the first part of the story i like really okay <laughs> it's the first time <laughs> i've heard of this so apparently it's something that is told in cagayan okay yeah. interesting yeah. <laughs> 
I'm curious as well. Like usually, I mean, because well, I'm not an author, but I did try writing short stories and whatnot before as well. So usually, I am inspired by something I read, right? Like my yes. favorite authors or whatever. So for mm-hmm. you, did you have that? Did you have favorite authors, and did they inspire your writing? Yeah. Um. I read a lot of Edgar Allan Poe, Shirley Jackson, Stephen King, Christopher Pike, which I mentioned. <laughs> I read a lot of that <laughs> growing up. I also like Donna Tartt, Margaret Atwood. For local authors, I like Nick Joaquin and Gregorio Brillantes. Oh. They inspire me in a way, like, because when you start writing, it's uh, you, you start with like, imitation you know like you're just mm. when you're a really young writer and just starting out you would read mm-hmm. something and then try to write in the voice of that writer and then later mm-hmm. on you create or you you come up with your own style so i think that's how they inspired me <laughs> yeah. mm, okay yeah yeah of course right yeah but then that's why you were geared towards this kind of genre because yes. usually it's what you enjoy reading so of yes. course that's what you want to write yeah, okay, <laughs> so what is your writing process like? Do you outline your stories from start to finish or what? I always say that I never start anything unless I know the ending. So I would have, like in my mind, I would have an image of what the first scene will be like and then know how the story will end. So I know where I'm going. It's the, just the middle part that I need to figure out <laughs> as I go along. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes I would I would write outlines, but like just really rough outlines. Mm-hmm. And I do a lot of notes. Sometimes I would have just a snippet of dialogue and I'll write it down. It's a messy mm-hmm. kind of note-taking. But yeah, that's how I do it. So as long as I know what the ending is, I can just keep going. Yeah, I'm curious, do you usually write one book at a time? Or do you have, you know, fingers in different <laughs> books going on at the same time? Or how does that work? When I was younger, I used to, like, I would write, I'll, I'll have, for example, a novel that I'm working on because it takes a long time to write, to finish <laughs> a book. In between, I would have ideas for short stories. So I would mm. multitask sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But later on, I think it's because of old age. <laughs> old age. <laughs> I just, I couldn't multitask that way so i just focus on one project at a time yeah okay which is probably the best way and otherwise you probably would get confused and yes you know like this character is from this story and how come he's in here and whatever i would imagine but i i would think that it's very difficult to finish a novel saying this as someone who has never finished writing a novel i have a lot of ideas i always start with the first chapter and then that's it it just yeah so where do you find motivation that's why I stick to short stories because at least they're easier to finish, right? It's just like the length of a chapter or yes. something. But even that is a struggle. As you said, you yeah. have an idea. What is my ending? What is my point of the story? But the in-between part yes. sometimes yeah. is not that easy to connect, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So I admire you. <laughs> <laughs> managed to finish a lot of novels because I know from experience that it is not easy at yeah, all so, so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so usually how long do you take to finish your books like maybe for example wounded little gods how long did that take you um i can't remember now because it's been a while but maybe let's say a year or two mm, okay it is quite long yeah 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 <laughs> and um what i did before was because 
I know people also ask, how do you find the time to do all of this? Mm, but mm-hmm. but the thing is, I have a day job and then I would write during my lunch break. <laughs> mm, okay. So you have five solid hours, for example, in a week, just devoted to, to writing. And then you also have the weekend to just relax, you know? <laughs> But this is, again, when I was younger, now it's a bit harder to, <laughs> to just switch from, you know, working and then writing my own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you manage that? Do you have like set aside time? Like, okay, on Tuesday night at this time, I will carve out an hour to write something like that. Is there, do you have such moments? Yeah, so I recently I finished a, a short story and I, what I did was I just blocked one Saturday, like beginning to end of Saturday. Mm, okay. I live with my husband here and I would tell him, I'm, I'm going to write. <laughs> <laughs> Don't disturb me. Yeah, so it is a bit hard because I always feel like I'm time poor. I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people feel that as well. Mm, of course. But there's just so many things going on. So I just try to carve one day in a week to, to just sit down and, and work on something. Yeah. Right, okay. So you just need to be disciplined enough also to not yeah. be distracted. But then also, what's the term? Um, The mood. Do you have yeah. times when you have writer's block? How do you deal with that? Or sometimes not writer's block, but you're just not in the mood. Do you still yeah. push yourself? How do you do it? Before, I used to really push myself, but I found that it burned me out really bad. So oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so nowadays, what I do is just, you know what, I'll just sit on the couch and watch Netflix for a bit or read mm. something else. Yeah, like I, I can't I can't push it. I would go out for a walk. <laughs> yeah. So just maybe just stepping away from the laptop can reignite the passion <laughs> to go back and, and write again. It's funny because um I also write for work. So at work you can just push yourself because there's a deadline. So I guess um mm. when I'm writing for my own creative projects, I just have a deadline in mind. So that, mm. you know, it won't take too long for me to finish something. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I get you. Because, like, of course, work, you're going to get yeah. in trouble if you do yes. not meet your deadline. Whereas exactly. your personal passion project, who's going to, you know, unless yeah, you've you? already yeah, been exactly. paid a deposit or something. But if it's just you, <laughs> I guess I understand that you would not be as motivated yes. to finish it, right? <laughs> <laughs> true, true, yeah. Your very first book you mentioned, right? Like was a book of short, short stories. stories. Yes. So how did you get that published? Or if not short stories, anything really? How, if mm. for example, because some of our listeners who came up with these questions want yes. to write a book. <laughs> so yeah. if they want to publish their book, what should they do? What did you do? Yeah. So at the time, I, since I love reading, I also make it a point to look at the publisher. Because you'll find this in the book, like who published this book. What's the address? Usually, they put their email address mm-hmm. <laughs> on the copyright page as well. Or you can do a quick Google and find out. So what I did when I had that um, collection of short stories, I just wrote a, a quick book proposal, like a pitch to publishers. And then I sent off several emails to mm-hmm. several of them. And then in my mind, I'm thinking, whoever responds to me first... Mm. that's going to be, you know, um, because I need a publisher who can respond quickly and via email because I'm also busy at my job. And through that, I got a response from the publisher is um, Visprint. 
and they were able to to just speak to me via email and then later on I was able to see them at their office face to face that sort of thing mm. you have to research you have to know the publishing landscape of wherever you are the Philippines has a small number of publishers. Singapore would have certain publishers that are well-known. Yeah, Total is based in Singapore, right? Yes, and they also have offices in Japan and Vermont in the U.S. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So just find out those emails <laughs> and start sending out your work. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's not just one person mm. that you send it to. That's a good point. Because I remember when one of my short stories, I, I just put it on Facebook. Mm. And my friends were saying, oh, this is really good. You should have it published. And yeah. I think I just sent it to one. I don't remember which one. And oh. didn't get a response. And then I stopped. But no, yeah, you're yeah, right. You I probably should, <laughs> I should send it to a lot more people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that tip. I will do that <laughs> next. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so next question is, this is from one of our readers. Mm. How difficult, sorry, not readers, one of our listeners. Yes. How difficult is it to be a writer in the Philippines? Okay, um, if you're thinking that becoming a writer in the Philippines will uh, allow you to live off of your own royalties, I have to say mm -hmm. you need to still keep <laughs> your day job. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, it will. Yeah, I was... <laughs> yeah. I I had a feeling it would be like that. It's probably yes. going to be just a passion project also, yeah, right? Yes. Uh -huh. um, yeah, because um, I guess for those who are not familiar with how it goes in publishing, mm -hmm. well, in the US, in North America, you need to get a, a literary agent first before you can even go to the publisher. But in the Philippines, you can go straight to the publisher. And you would the author would get just a percentage as earnings. That's called royalty. Mm. It won't come regularly. It won't be a huge amount of money. Mm -hmm. Just on practical terms. Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. won't be enough to pay the rent or maybe <laughs> you'll have enough to, you know, buy groceries or something. But yeah, <laughs> my number one <laughs> tip would be keep your day job if you want to be a writer. <laughs> that is a very good tip. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so I think I, I, I get I get you because the Philippine market is very small, small. Yeah. not a lot of people would buy books probably because a lot of filipinos don't really have enough money to yes, exactly. spend and also yeah. maybe because unfortunately in the philippines we don't really love our own as much as other books you know what i mean like for example yeah. harry potter books whatever yeah. they, those are the ones that people will spend money on exactly. unfortunately for local writers mm -hmm. like yourself for me personally i don't even remember if i read a filipino book before mm. yeah which is bad on me but then it's because of you know what's around yes. you right like what people read around you your peers and mm -hmm. what's in the library what's popular so yeah i can imagine that you really will not really earn that much because of course it's based on, <laughs> on people buying your books right yeah and to add to that when you go to i remember my publisher telling me before about a friend of hers who's from japan and wanted to buy Filipino books. The friend from Japan is, was in Manila at the time. And she walked into one of the bookstores and was just sad to see that the locally published books are not front and center. Like when you walk into any mm. bookstore in Manila, what you'll find are titles from the US or the UK. Mm -mm. Those are the yeah. ones that get prominent displays. 
Whereas yes, yeah. Filipino books are just, you know, in one corner. Sometimes you need to ask the customer service or something. Do you have this mm-hmm. title? Yeah. And not yeah. a lot of people will do that. Yes. They would get whatever's on display. But if you're not on display, they won't even know you exist. So, yeah. Yeah, that is true. And also marketing. You wouldn't also spend a lot on advertising and marketing because you don't even have like a lot of money to begin exactly. with, right? And like the big... <laughs> <laughs> big people like mm. the Harry Potter authors mm. and whatnot, right? Yeah. Now I remember we did. I did used to read the Filipino English books. They were very thin novels that mm. I can't remember what they were. But yeah, those ones. Yeah, you're right. They were not really front and center. I don't no. even remember how I discovered them. But <laughs> yeah, so I don't even remember their titles now. So that just <laughs> tells you just how not well known they are, right? So yes, yeah. yeah, I guess we need to be better at that. Mm. Somehow, but I guess it's because of money also, right? Yeah. Obviously, they would put front and center what they think will bring them money and all that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's a problem. Okay, so it really is difficult. So you cannot have that as a full-time job, okay? (laughs) It just needs to be a passion project. Yeah, okay. So maybe that's still good in a way. That means if it's really your passion, the books out there from Filipino writers, that means that they really just want it out there. Yeah, exactly. Like, and as a creator, you won't compromise your art in a way because mm. you won't write something just because you want to sell. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, you'll write something because you want to actually really tell the story. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe one of your listeners will be lucky and you know become a uh, the next Stephen King or something. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who, Who knows? knows? Or maybe you will be. Oh, I, I mean, know. <laughs> you know, you're quite young. You have a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so crossed. who knows right just keep going i yeah. suppose so, but your books they're all so far like not a series right they're all separate I mean, the two that i've read so far they were standalone books yes. so are you planning on writing a series or something in the future like uso now um sorry what's uso in english <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> the trend now yes. is to have like mcu it's a shared universe uh, are yeah. you planning to do something like that I don't know. I don't write that way. I know a lot of fantasy writers, they plan like five book sagas. Mm. No, I think if I, maybe if I come up with a story that can fill five books, but Mm-mm. yeah. So far yeah. you haven't, okay. No. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fine also because mm. that way, but I think maybe they do that because they're sure that people will come back to read part two or whatever yeah, if yeah, the yeah, part yeah. one blows up. But you're right. I mean, it's already very difficult to finish one book. One. <laughs> Can you imagine? Exactly. I mean, who, sorry, who is that author? Oh, the, the Game of Thrones guy, right? Until uh, now, George he still Martin. hasn't read the final book to his series. <laughs> that is how difficult it is to finish yes. a series. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So I think that's the last of the questions about yeah. authors specifically. So could you tell us and the listeners where we could find you and your books if you wanted to buy them? Yeah, so I have a bunch of links up on my own website, elisavictoria.com. So you just head there and you'll find all, all of the links to where you can uh, buy Wounded Little Gods and After Lambana. Mm-hmm. There are links to Amazon, Book Depository, and all of the other independent bookstores that you might want to approach instead so yeah (laughs) yeah and i think these two books is it the first time that they are being released worldwide or something like that yes that's true because um because they were released initially only in the philippines in 2016 so now they're enjoying a sort of 
a new life. <laughs> in mm, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then I think another one of the book's dwellers is going yes. to be released worldwide soon as well, right? Do you yes. have any idea at this point when that would be? Yeah, so it's going to be released in the fall collection of Total. So it's going to be in August this year. Oh, great. Okay, yeah. I look forward to that. So Awesome. <laughs> right, so maybe the listeners as well could look for that, you know, in the fall, as she mentioned. Yeah. All right, so thank you very much, Elisa, for guesting and letting us know about your writing process all oh, that's very interesting for me and for my listeners who might want to follow in your footsteps right <laughs> and who knows <laughs> maybe Thank someday you. one of them will end up as you said be- having it as a full-time job who knows we don't really know <laughs> oh yeah that's the dream isn't it thank you so much <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right thank you bye thank you. bye thank you for listening to this episode here's a bonus an excerpt from this novel called Man of My Dreams. There's a stranger in my bed. He's a really handsome, hunky stranger, but a stranger no less. It's not what you think. One-night stands are totally not my thing. But then again, screaming my tonsils off so early in the morning are not usually my thing too. And yet, here we are. Clarissa, calm down. I can explain. He cries as he clumps his hand over my mouth. I jerk backwards, jump off the bed, and grab the first weapon I can find on my side table. A fork. Why do you know my name? Who are you? I demand in a shrill voice as I point the fork menacingly at him. Note to self, I need to arm myself better in the future. I'm Reeve, he explains. I am the man of your dreams. Wow, this guy is certainly full of himself. Okay, sure, it does look exactly like the kind of man I had always dreamed of dancing off into the sunset with. Tall, broad-shouldered, fair-haired, and green-eyed. But that did not give him the right to be so cocky about it. Excuse me? I gasp. I came from your dreams, he explains. From that. He points at my bed's headboard where a dreamcatcher hangs. What do you mean you came from that? I ask him. Don't I look familiar to you? He responds with an unconnected question of his own. Now that he mentions it, he does look familiar. Why is that? Oh my god, was this guy actually my one-night stand? Did I somehow get drunk and bring him home last night? But I wasn't even drinking. My best friend Tara and I had just ordered fast food and ate it in front of the television as we binge-watched... Okay, TMI. No need for you to know about and judge our pathetic single girl hobbies. Yes, you do, I reply hesitantly. Why is that? Because I am from your dreams, he replies. We went on several dream dates, even traveled to Europe and all those other places in your dream board. He nods his head towards a corkboard on my desk. Don't you remember? We even... Stop! Don't say it! I remember! I shriek as a steamy image flashes in my mind. My face feels so hot. I must be beetred by now. I compose myself. If you're from my dreams, then what are you doing here in the real world? I ask. Or is this a dream? Should I pinch myself to wake up? I try to remember everything I had seen on the movie Inception. Oh my gosh, do I need to kill myself? I stare in horror at the fork in my hand. Death by fork sounds horrible. No, no, please don't do anything drastic, he protests. 
This is real life. I'm the one who got brought from dreamland to your world. How? I demand, perplexed. The dream catcher, he replies. It caught me. To be continued. Or should it be?